This episode is brought to you by Carvana. Carvana is in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. They even offer customizable financing so you can plan your down and monthly payments. To shop thousands of affordable vehicles 100% online, download the app or visit Carvana.com. Availability may vary by market. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Brick layers and ball shorts. Coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amar Hawkins. I appreciate you taking time out your day to listen to the latest episode of the show. Today's episode, we will be previewing the Orange Bowl between the Florida Gators and your Virginia Cavaliers. Before we get started, make sure you go to ableinsurance.net for all your insurance needs. That's Able Insurance for home, business, auto, life insurance. Holler at the good people at Able Insurance. Shout out to Billy and Charlene White. Definitely, when you walk up in the building or when you call them via telephone, tell them the ball hawk sent you and you definitely get you a policy and you will not be disappointed that's able insurance and make sure you go to sthujuice.com for all your shut the hell up juice apparel you got petty hawk apparel there you got redemption shirt um the national championship shirt in honor of our basketball team those shirts are available there and uh, be on the lookout for more sweatshirt variations that i will be uploading to the site so go to sthujuice.com so let's jump right into it man um i'm not in Miami, I stayed back in Charlottesville as I'm recording this. I will be spending time with the family, enjoying the time with the family as far as the game and, and the holidays. Hopefully, everybody had a great Christmas and you're safe for the New Year's. If you travel down with the team, definitely enjoy Miami. It's a great place. Being, I remember being out there in 99 for the MicronPC.com Bowl, and we got smashed by Illinois. So maybe that's one of the reasons why I was not sad that I wasn't attending this game and working this game you know, with the folks at VirginiaSports.com. But salute to Dave, salute to Cove, and my man Jay James. They will be covering it. Um, so listen and tune in on the radio for that coverage. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Don't want to make this a long podcast because I know it's the holiday season. Um, hopefully this can help with ease your travels if you're on the road right now and you're tuned in via Anchor or Spotify or iTunes or Pod. Bean or YouTube. You see, I'm plugging everybody that is available on. Um, if you ever want to subscribe to the Ball Hawk Show podcast and this is your first time tuning in, it's on every podcast platform you can think of. The Ball Hawk Show is there. If it's not, just go to myhawkins.com, shoot me a message in the contact section, and let me know where it's not available. And I'll holler at them and make sure it's uploaded on that platform as well. So let's go ahead and jump into it, man. Um, previewing Florida. This squad is legit. 
Um, what I've seen with them on film that makes them difficult to prepare for is that they don't have that one marquee guy that you feel like you have to stop. They have a collective offensive unit that could get after you. When you look at the numbers and um, and the analytics as far as individual stats, nothing jumps out. Nothing jumps out. This is the first team, I, I think, on paper that we average more rushing yards than them as a team. Um, believe it or not, and, I'm, and and let me look at it right now. So rushing offense, they average 120.3 yards rushing a game. UVA averages 125.5. I think that's a first. I think that may be a first, thinking of every team, maybe William and Murray, but I don't know. Maybe, and even them, I think even then, I think because of their dynamic freshman quarterback, they may have been averaging more rushing yards than we did. So this may be the first team, and don't quote me, and I'm still – it's still like a little question mark, but I think this is the first team that we have a better rushing offense statistically than our opponent. When you look at passing offense, we had 263.5. They averaged 300.4. Pass efficiency, they had 159. We had 131. Total offense, they averaged 420. We averaged 390. Time of possessions, we had the lead there. We averaged 33 minutes, 26 seconds. They averaged 30, 30 minutes and 7 seconds. You flip to the defensive side, their strong suit. Scoring defense, 14 points a game. We yield 23.4. Uh, rushing defense, they only give up 107.4. And I think we might have a typo because it's showing 26 yards. So I think that's a typo, and I forget. Well, we we still – I think that's like – I think we average one – dang, I wouldn't even want to say 126. I don't know. Anyway, pass defense, they only give up 192 passing yards a game. We give up 228, and that's even with the injuries in the secondary, and that's with <clears throat> the way that Clemson lit us up. Um, that's with Virginia Tech throwing for over 300 yards. That's with UNC throwing for over 300 yards. But on the season, we're still hovering around 220 yards in its totality. But we know that's a little bit different since Bryce Hall and um, – oh, I forgot my dog name that quick. Now I ain't forget his name, but I got a nickname for him. But Brent Nelson, the pigeon toe one himself. Um, <clears throat> pass efficiency defense, they have 115. We have 136 total defense, 358 for us, 299 for them. So, look. Got the numbers out the way. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Where do you want to start first? You want to start with their offense first? I guess we should start with our offense versus their defense, right? So that's what we're going to do because their defense is legit. Their defense is what our defense was before the injuries took place on the back end for us and with Jordan Mack, who won't be playing this game as well. So Florida was a carbon copy of UVA's defense when we played Florida State. UVA's defense when we played the women Murray's UVA's defense when we played Notre Dame. How you just knew we was going to get a lot of stops. We was going to get at the quarterback. We was going to always give our offense an additional chance to generate more points. That's Florida's defense. Their front seven will get after you, meaning their front four, really. Their team that's going to play a lot of man. C.J. Henderson is one of the best corners in America. He's legit. He's a big kid. He can run. He's patient at the line of scrimmage. He's not overly aggressive as far as 
trying to jam receivers. He's going to use his feet. He's going to turn and run. He has elite speed. He has very good ball skills as well. So it's going to be a challenge to see who he matches up with. Will he follow Hasis everywhere he goes? Um, will he go in the slot? Because Joe Reed is available. He's 100%. It's going to be interesting to see which receiver he's going to try to take away. The good thing about our offense is that we throw to the open guy. Even though Hasis is on the verge of having 1,000 yards receiving, I think he's at like 979, if I'm not mistaken. And, sh- and, and shout out to Hasis, man, because that's, that's a huge feat right there, being on the verge of breaking 1,000 yards. Um, that's, 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 that's dope. Um, yeah, Hasis is at 979, 65 catches for 979 yards. Um, but, yeah, so Florida is a team that their secondary, <clears throat> in my opinion, is their strong suit, and the secondary allows the defensive front to work games. They can run a four-man rush. They can run a lot of twists, stunts. They'll bring a corner, you know, a nickelback. Basically, they do what we used to do when we were healthy on the back end, bringing a safety from the slot, pr- uh, playing a lot of press, playing combo zones, running the middle linebackers through the A-gap. So, it's like a carbon copy of us. So, you know, in a way, Coach Anai has seen this defense a lot because that's what Nick Howell and Coach Papinga likes to do. Um, even from the athlete standpoint, you know, I think our, our defensive front, we're more athletic now, um, you know, with the Manny Alonzo's and, and what we can do with Snowden and, and what Noah can do as well. Um, so it's like – it's crazy, man. When I was looking at the film, I'm like, damn, that that was us. When we were when we were fully healthy, that was us. And I'm talking about Florida. You know, Florida plays in the SEC. Their only loss has been to Georgia Tech. I mean, to Georgia and to LSU. Two games where they were right there going tit for tat. They was going tit for tat with LSU, and now LSU, you know, pulled away. They had a, really had a real good chance of beating Georgia, and they let that game slip away. So they're a legit ball club. Um, their offense can be high powered. They finally settled with with their quarterback uh, Trask. Um, here's a kid that wasn't. I think that's a kid that, if I'm not mistaken, he was the one that didn't even start in high school. But anyway, um, 24 touchdowns on the season to just six interceptions. He um, completes 67 percent of his passes. He has a live arm, but he has playmakers at the receiving core to where. He doesn't have to throw it deep down the field. He could just be quick hitters, whether it's bubble screens, smoke screens, uh, just quick burst routes, slant routes, quick outs. Those guys make something out of nothing a lot. And I'm talking about Jefferson and Swain. Their top receiver is Pitts, who's their tight end, who's going to be a matchup nightmare, not only for us, but he's been a matchup nightmare for everybody. It's like, what are you going to do? You really can't. Single him and play man. He's 6'6", 250. He's that new hybrid type of tight end. He moves well. He catches with his hands well. I'm on the ceiling. He only averages 50 yards passing and receiving a game. But like I said, they spread the ball around. When you look at them on 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 paper, and I know a lot of fans are going to look at them on paper, right? You got Pitt, 610 yards, receiving five touchdowns. Jefferson, 528 yards, six touchdowns. Swain, 496 yards, seven touchdowns. Grimes, 32 catches, 484 yards, three touchdowns. They have a plethora of guys that have at least 300 yards receiving. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. They got six different guys with at least 300 yards receiving. So basically, it's like a pick your poison with them. Even though 
watching them on film, it, it's been certain guys that, that jump out and have great games, two and three touchdowns, you know, and big plays through the air. But like I said, it's not like playing Clemson when you knew they had a big time receiver that they would go to or two of them. Um, this team has a lot of depth. So they make you cover every blade of grass out there. So that's what's so so good about F- Florida. So um so yeah, so that 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 that's what made me cause a pause when scouting Florida. It's like, damn, you really gotta cover. So yeah, Florida in that in that right in that aspect, um, just looking at them. Damn, was I talking about I was supposed to be talking about their defense, huh? <laughs> hey, I know people was like, hey, hey ball hog, you alright, man? You still drinking a bunch of eggnog? But let me go back to their defense. But as far as their defense and what we can do offensively, right? Because that's when I got sidetracked. Ah, all right, take a deep breath. I know it's the holiday season. Y'all forgive me. So defensively, what are they going to try to do versus us? First things first, they can play man-to-man so they can spy with both linebackers if they want to. So that means, hey, we got to get Tanner Cowley in the mix, because that's going to be the extra guy that's not going to be accounted for. You know, they're going to account for the four receivers. You know, we come with three receiver sets, four receiver sets. If we go empty and, and Tanner is one of the five receiving options, we go four receivers and one tight end. You know, it's it just you have to incorporate the tight end because the tight ends always get lost when you want to spot a quarterback. You're going to bring down a safety. You're going to try to use the nickel or or somebody to generate extra pressure. You want to bring at least five guys versus a mobile quarterback to get them to move off their spot so that spy can close distance and, and demonstrate a triggered state. So the quarterback now has to keep his eyes up, feel and feel like he's being pressured. Uh, but when you go back to the Clemson game, I felt like um only mistake Bryce really made was the late pick to that All-American who was spying him and he thought he could get the spot route right behind him and the, and the kid did an amazing job of, of you know playing the ball but even versus Clemson I thought Bryce did a great job of, of climbing the pocket uh, ca- causing the, the spy to step up and opening the window behind them I thought Coach and I did a great job with his movement, with his window dressing, and also with his route combinations, getting Billy Kemp involved. Also with the window dressing, getting Hasis Dubois on one of their weaker cover guys and really exploiting them and getting that kid pulled out the game. So that's another thing. If Hasis is in the slot, will we see C.J. Henderson in the slot with Hasis? Now, Hasis is a guy that's a bigger receiver. CJ's a bigger DB. He's 6'1, 200 pounds. So he's going to be one of the bigger corners that we will see all season that can also be fluid and move. Basically, it's going to be Bryce Hall versus us. That kid is that good. I would take Bryce over that kid, but CJ's legit. He's on the same tier as Bryce. So when you see one from Florida checking the receiver, what are we going to do? Would that be would that be an automatic deterrent of saying, okay, we're not going to throw at him, or it's going to be like, we don't care who you are, you barbecue chicken. And that's the mindset you have to have. If I'm a Cease, if I'm Joe, if I'm Jana, anytime I see one checking me, I'm like, I'm going to increase my stock. Case in point, we go back to 1998, we played in the Peach Bowl versus Georgia. Who did Georgia have? The one and only Champ Bailey. 
And I remember all preparation week, we challenged ourselves and said, look, if two is versus you, we're going to increase our stock. We're going to make plays. We're not going to fear him. We're going to go after him. What's his weakness? Where his weakness is X, Y, and Z, let's go at him. Terrence Wilkins had like 170 yards receiving versus the great champ Bailey. And that solidified Terrence Wilkins, who still went as an undrafted free agent, but he got picked up by the Indianapolis Colts, and the rest is history. He's one of the best rookie free agents, had one of the best rookie free agent uh, receiving seasons when he played back then. So you got to assume the challenge of going at the greats, but you have to understand how you're going to attack him. How can you get him on an island? When you get him on an island, what is your split? So you want tip off, it's an inside route. So you can always keep him honest. What type of stem are you going to use? He's very patient with his feet, so he's not going to really use his hands. So you can position in front of him because he's been so much bigger or the same size as a lot of receivers he's played against. He knows in his head that a lot of offenses aren't really going to challenge him. So usually when you go versus a defensive back who usually isn't challenged a lot and you challenge them repeatedly, you can check their cardiovascular rate. Like you run a deep route, throw it. Run back to the huddle, give me a fresh receiver in and attack them deep again or attack them with a dig route this time and throw at them again. Get that heart rate going up because those guys aren't used to competing Night in and night out because offenses stay away from them. But with that being said, you got to be able to run the ball versus Florida. I know that's easier said than done. Like I said, I love their front seven. I think they're very sound. Um, I think they're disciplined. They can get outflanked, but you got to keep them honest. You know, what are we going to do offensively as far as the read option, um, just our just quick hitting dives with Tyler Papa? Um, what type of touches will Hollins get? Will we implement the backs out the backfield? That's another key component when you're going against a team who plays heavy man and has to use a spy because Bryce Perkins is special. Use your backs out the backfield. Swings. Angle routes. Motion them out. Get them involved in the pass concepts. Now you're, now you're causing confusion because a lot of times linebackers will bump. So if the back is to, to the right, right, their left, that left linebacker would just say, alert, I got the back, you spy the quarterback. But what happens when they motion out, which you saw us doing versus Clemson? What happens when you motion Atkins or Tyler Papa as the number one receiver, and now your number one receiver becomes your number two receiver in the slot? <clears throat> Are you going to move that backer all the way out? Are you going to bump that corner out? Are you just going to bump everything? Because now essentially you have a linebacker on a receiver. Now you're wasting your DB out there with a running back who's really not running a route. He's just going to run just a hammer route or a goal route because that's the matches we were getting versus Clemson. So I would like to see, you know, when we motion the back out the backfield as the number one, will they bump everybody or will they just – keep everybody on the same accord and make the linebacker go all the way out because now i've got the linebacker that's going all the way out give me chris sharp out there or let me line up joe reed as a as a running back and motion him as a number one receiver because if you're going to keep those same principles regardless we got you beat the linebacker is going to be on a receiver if not you're bringing a strong safety down now you really tip your hand now we know yo it's zero 
So that's some of the things you can do. And that's the great thing about having a Billy Kim or Joe Reed back as a receiver. And that's only if it's one back sets. Now I'm not saying if with, you know, 20 personnel, two backs, no tight end. I'm saying if we are in um, 10 personnel, meaning one back, four receivers, but the back is actually a receiver. So, you know, it's, it's still 10 because he's in the running back position. But what happens if we come four wide and you have Joe Reed or Billy Kemp as the back? What is Florida going to do now? Because we can still motion him out. Now it's empty backfield set, but we essentially got five receivers. So that's the type of games I would like to see Coach and I use from time to time to try to dictate coverage, to dictate the matchup, and allow Bryce to fully conceptualize what's going to happen pre-snap as far as the coverage he's getting. Because that's the great thing about the window dressing, the the motions, the pre-snap motions that people you know sometimes hate. They're like, oh, why are we doing all this motion? It's just you're trying to dictate coverage. You're trying to listen for the alerts. You know, you may hear a team just like check blue, check blue, green, 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 bump, bump. You're listening for the descriptives that the defense uses. If you hear bump, you come back and you tell coach, hey coach, last time we did that, we heard the backer saying bump. Or you may see the corners fist like hit hit their fist, meaning combo, meaning in and out. I'm going to stay on this side. You stay on that side. I'm going to take the first receiver that comes to me. That means now we can run double ins, double out. So there's a lot of things that we can do to mess with they're doing schematically on the back end that helps them dictate what they do on the front end because when they're running games, there's so many things. Like if you know you're running games and stunts, you got to be, you got the, your aggression on the back end has to match, right? If you're running a lot of games, and twist you don't really want to play off coverage too far you want to kind of be up in no man's land to where the quarterback sees you at maybe five to six yards so they really can't get the ball out quick because you're sitting there and they still have to wait for the play to develop to see if the corner i mean see the receiver can get on the corner's toes so that's what you may see florida doing is creeping up or jumping out late now, if you come down and you press and you know you're running some games now you're, you're basically saying hey that corner has to be aggressive he has to try to mirror and restart you some way because if you get a free release, that game is dead. Like the twisting doesn't matter now because we can just let the ball go. But if you can restart, meaning if you could just shuffle your feet real quick, a lot of people think restarting a, rec- a receiver is always just jamming them with your hands. No, it's all about that common relationship that you have pre-snap. So if I'm checking you and you're on the line of scrimmage, that, that visual that you can get right now, if I'm square up on you, meaning your middle, I got your middle leg straddled between my crotch, and I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a two-way goal, but I know I'm going to slide regardless, and I'm not trying to touch you, that's called a restart. So as soon as you give me a move and you take a step to the left and to the right, and I quick shuffle in front of you, basically, if you could freeze frame when I quick shuffle you, it's the same exact pre-snap stance or visual that you had a second after the ball now that's a restart people just feel like restarting is jamming no you could jam somebody and not restart them you could jam them but they're still moving forward you're not restarting them you know you're actually losing ground restart is just staying right in front of them you that same common relationship if y'all could visualize what i'm saying so a lot of young defensive coaches when they teaching defensive backs they get caught up in the hands jam them jam them jam them quick jam them be aggressive no 
your feet win those matchups. I always tell young defensive backs, your feet win. Your hands allow you to dominate. Your feet win. Your hand will dominate and finish. Get in position first. I love boxing. And for you to land a punch in boxing, you got to get in position first. It's no different when you're jamming, right? Feet, 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 then hands. Feet, 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 hands. Feet, feet. Only time you use your hands is once they commit. Once they commit, now you can commit, all right? You dictate where they can commit, and once they fall for the trap, your hand is the trap. Bow. Now I'm going now I'm to jam you. And then it's over, right? My feet allow me to restart you, but my hands allow me to destroy you and take you out. Some people just want to skip the first stage of your feet and they get lazy and use their hands and they still get beat. So you'll see guys get jammed. Oh, boom, the DB jamming them. And when you're like, wait, wait a minute, how you still get open? Because the DB used the jam to his advantage. There's been plenty of times when DB has jammed me when I play receiver and I go back and I use that to slingshot my way up the field because I pull them through. It's all about countering that. They can't counter your feet. It's hard to counter a defensive back with patient feet who's just going to shuffle with you because even if he shuffles in and you jump right back out, as long as that DB shuffles and then opens, he's going to use the angle to cut you off. See, a lot of young DBs, when they shuffle in and the receiver counters that and cuts right back out, they want to open up and just sprint. No, you just made it a race and you're losing because you're overstepping yourself. Shuffle right back out because when you shuffle, it's going to give you momentum to take that nice angle to cut them off three yards down the field. That's it. So I know that was probably a little too much information, but I like to give you guys a little insight of what goes on on that island because that island is tricky and people just get caught up in the visual of the hands and it's always your feet. Your feet will help you win. Same thing receiver. It's your feet. Your feet will help you win. Not slapping the guy in the helmet. Your feet is all about the deception. If I know I want to run a slant and he's sitting inside, how can I move him off that inside spot? to sell that I'm going a certain you got to be a salesman no everything is a diversion that's why I love football it's deception no different than when you when you when you motion it's a deception I'm gonna make you think this just to get you to react and get you into the coverage I want now on the flip side while we're talking about deception that's what we're gonna have to use versus Florida for our defense everybody knows we struggling on the back end because of injury correct Uh, My guys have lost their confidence in a sense to where they allow the confidence to break down their technique. Like Nick, Nick was very confident and in his bag when Bryce Hall was playing. When Bryce Hall went down, Bryce Hall was his safety net, his rock, a guy that exuded the confidence for him to be confident. And once Bryce Hall went down, Nick felt like he had to ascend and he put a lot of pressure on himself and he started guessing more because he wanted to be more aggressive. And then when he got to the Clemson game, I felt like he kind of regressed and wanted to give some things away, but he lost his foundation. And to me, I always felt like Nick was one of the better tacklers. And if he's not tackling, he's not doing me any good. And I felt like versus Clemson, he didn't do himself a service because he's, well, he was missing tackles. And you can never let your confidence take away what you do the best. I always felt like his fundamentals was good and his tackling was good. We understood he would struggle in the aspect of covering because he was still very green. But if in anything, you always play to your strengths. And, and I felt like with Nick, he had to get back to playing to his strength. That's being aggressive. If I'm going to get beat, I'm going to get beat playing my game. 
if if I'm Nick Grant. If I'm Nick Grant, I'm playing off coverage. I'm sitting heavy inside. I'm breaking on the first thing that I see to that upfield shoulder just in case it's a double move and it's going to be a collision. But I'm going to play to my strengths. I'm not going to play passive and, and give a big cushion and then wait to see if the ball come out before I break because that's not his game. That's not his game. I think Heskin is playing very well. A kid that was a receiver that switched the defensive back, got thrust into the role, coming off an injury. I think Heskin is playing very well. He's tackling very well. Um, and the Clemson game was an anomaly because you're going against guys who were first day draft picks at receiver. I'm talking about they were avatars. But with that being said, you take that film, you dissect that film, you take the constructive criticism, you get back to your craft, which I felt like Nick did. Nick is, is a competitor. He doesn't like you to catch a single pass on him. So I knew that game ate him alive. I ain't even communicate with him. That's just how I am. If I see you're your ultimate competitor, there's no need for me to hit you up with a text message. No need for me to call you and say what you didn't do right. You know already. I give guys 50 feet because when I lost and somebody got the best of me, I didn't want to talk to anybody. You ain't got to talk to me. I'm going to talk to myself. Trust me. It's accountability. So I expect the secondary as a whole to play better versus Florida. And I'm not saying because like Florida's a, a lesser tier receiving group because I felt like they got very, very good receivers that can flat out fly. They may not be as big, but they faster than those Clemson guys was. Trust me, they can fly. They can pick them up and put them down. Uh, but I just felt like the extra preparation, the way in which Clemson had their way with us on the back end, that type of challenge, knowing Coach Nick Howell personally, knowing Coach Papinga, but just knowing Coach Nick Howell, period, because he coaches the secondary, I know they're going to be up for the task. And I know they're ready for that work because Florida wants to throw the ball. They run the ball to just to, you know, to, to keep you at bay, but they want to let it fly. That's just what they do. Look, man, on paper, we average more rushing yards than they do. That let, that, that let you know. We don't even run the ball that much. It's really Bryce running. You feel me? So that lets you know what we're working with. And they got and that back is good. Parrying is good. I really I like I like them. I like them a lot. But they want to throw the ball. And if you're looking at the Clemson game, you're looking at Virginia Tech game, you're looking at UNC game, which I know they have, they're gonna throw the ball versus us. Point blank, period. They probably go three, three by one, and ISO somebody. If I was them, I'll go three receivers one side, one receiver on the on the back end and ISO. What you going to do? I'm either ISOing that one-on-one side or whoever playing in the slot. Who going to play their tight end? Like, that's what they saying. Like, who going to cover our tight end? Because we figure, you know, a nickel come in, cover receiver. But they probably going to see what Devontae Cross going to go. Because Cross will probably check their tight end. What 15 at? Who is he checking? It's going to be similar to us. Like, where is one? They're going to be like, where is 15? He's the X factor. He's that guy that played corner, could play safety, could play nickel, could play in the in in the middle field. Like wh- what it's gonna be? They're not gonna worry about Joey covering. And that can be the banana tailpipe we could throw at him. They think twenty nine just gonna come down in the box. Twenty nine might step out there and be a robber and get him a pick because we know he can catch. He done showed you plenty of times. He'll pluck you. Where's Noah going to be? He's been a weapon X on defense. He's demonstrated he could cover in the cell area. He's demonstrated he could rush the passer. Would you put Noah on their tight end? Just to have him press. Not playing man-to-man the whole way, but just have him press pits. 
between five and eight yards. You know, press them initially and drop five to eight yards just to see if you're running a, you know, a bang eight or just a speed out or option route. Those type of things that they've been using them for. But, you know, the, the one thing about Jefferson is he's a very good route runner. His dad uh, played for the Atlanta Falcons, was actually there when I was a rookie. He's a very good route runner. Then you have Swain, a guy that's after the catch that's explosive. And then their back pairing also has, you know, 200 yards receiving and four touchdowns. So, you know, you can see him coming out the backfield as well. So our back is going to be asked to cover. You know, how much combo zone will we run? Because they figure with their back coming out the backfield, can we really pressure their quarterback? Because they're thinking in their head, hey, that's just our defense. Without, you know, if C.J. Henderson wasn't at Florida because they lost Bryce Hall, that would be our, be our defense. So it's going to be a fun game to watch. Defensively, um, you just got to be smart. You got to be tactical as far as when you're going to send pressure, when you're going to put guys on the island. The main thing is eliminate explosive plays. That's easier said than done. I know that was a huge key for me versus Clemson, and we saw how the big play were backbreakers because I felt like our offense were doing their job of moving the ball, always being a threat, always keeping them on their heels as far as Clemson defensively. Uh, but but for us defensively, we got to keep the ball in front of us, and you got to finish. You have to tackle. Generate some turnovers if you can, but the main thing is eliminate the big plays. This is a team from the SEC. This team, Florida, they live off big plays. They want to generate the big plays. That's just what they want to do. If you make them methodically move the ball down the field, you increase your chances of generating a turnover because that's an extra rep that you get to see their offense. You get to pick up a tendency. That's the great thing of making offenses be methodical. Some offenses don't feel comfortable being methodical. The one thing about our offense, always people always say we don't have a lot of big plays, but on the flip side, we're very comfortable just methodically moving the ball down the field, using the short passing game as an extension of the run game. That shows you the confidence in Bryce and his ability to be accurate, his ability to be on the same page with his receivers. Now, we all want our run game to be legit as far as using our running backs, but if Bryce is the threat with his legs, you're still getting that same reaction out of the linebackers for play action. You use his legs as play action. All Bryce has to do is dip his shoulder down. He's going to get a reaction. That's just like putting a ball in the belly of a running back and then pulling it out as a play action pass. Bryce takes one step and dips his shoulder down like he's about to run. You're going to get a reaction. That's a play action pass for you. That's why a lot of times having a, a run game, not having a run game doesn't really hurt us in the passing game it's because Bryce is the play action. He's the walking play action pass. So um, I definitely like our chances for this game. I'm not just saying this because I played here and I, my love for the university, but just watching them on film and, and watching how our offense has been operating these past four or five games. I like our chances just because <clears throat> I feel like that Clemson game really woke up the guys in the secondary as far as their preparation. Like, They've been flirting with disaster and getting away with it because we've been winning. Like when you're winning, you could get you could get roasted back there. You could get burned repeatedly, but a win just does something to your mind. Y'all, oh, we won. You know what I'm saying? You always see people, uh, you could be cooking somebody and they'd be like scoreboard. Because some folks just can't fathom that I still got killed one-on-one even though we won, if that makes sense. So the fact that, the same thing took place, yet we lost. 
it's going to cause everybody to recalibrate their preparation. Coaches, players, trainers, strength. Like, that's what a loss does to you. You either win or you learn. You never lose. Like, and when people are like, oh, we lost. No, they learn. They actually learn. Like, you really learn when you have an L by your name. Like, when people say you lost, I always say, yep, they learn. If you're a true competitor and you're about accountability, you never really lose. You're just learning. When you're winning, it's it's hard to learn when you're winning because it's that euphoria, that victory, that, ha, ah, yeah, we beat y'all. Oh, that might have happened, but you can find excuses because you still won. But when you get smashed in root of the same things happening, that's when you had that come to Jesus, like, oh, I've been telling, you know, that's when people say, didn't I tell you be telling your kids, like, yeah, I know you're eating candy, but you better make sure, oh, you ain't had no cavity, like, I ain't had no cavity, and the kid gonna eat, keep eating candy. But as soon as they had not only a cavity, but they flirting with a root canal now, now the kid like, whoa, wait a minute, let me check my my gummy bear account, I don't need no more fruit snacks. We we the same way, you know. For ah, high cholesterol, I'm good. Look, I eat all the fried chicken, I'm good. My my blood work good, but then boom, you got high cholesterol and you got the gout or something. You like, uh oh, I'm vegan now, eating clean. So now you see what I'm saying. Folks who work out all the time, they can eat what they want, but people don't see all the work they put out there just so they can eat what they quote want. But why they eating what they quote want? They got to work double time just to maintain. But if they were eating better, they're getting better results. I think that's the analogy I'm going to go with. We were winning, but we were still eating bad. And we took that one day we didn't go to the gym and we still ate bad. And then our body finally caught up with us and we gained five pounds. We're like, damn, what the hell? That's the Clemson game. So while we was flirting with disaster, flirting with disaster, getting stops, flirting with disaster, flirting with disaster, getting the win, flirting with disaster, and all of a sudden you flirt with disaster, chalk up the band, flirt with disaster, chalk up the band, flirt with disaster. Damn, you got smashed. It's like, okay, I need to change. That's what we're going to see in the back end. That's what I expect. That's what you saw last year when we played South Carolina. Went to the, went to the last bowl game, got smashed. Well, everybody was like, oh, here we go again. Win the bowl game, SEC. What we going to do? Went by shutout. I know they ain't had Debo, but damn it, they still ain't score. So now you got the same thing with Florida. 14-point uh, favorite, SEC, Virginia, trash, blah, blah, blah. Show and prove. This is what you want. Got to love it. It's the ball hog, man. I talked to y'all long enough. Enjoy your time down there in, in Miami. If you're traveling, be safe. I wanted to put this out here early. It's a Saturday, so hopefully you're enjoying it. Uh, with the festivities, salute to all the players. They know I got much love from the coaches. You know, wish I could be down there with y'all, but I'm happy I get to spend time with the family. Definitely a special time for myself and the family. Uh, by the time this comes out, this would be the game to take place the day after when my grandmother's funeral was last year. Last year's bowl game I didn't attend because I was at the funeral. So going to be spending time with the fam, thinking about my big mama. And it's ironic that the two teams that's playing this year, the Two teams that were my top two coming out of high school. I initially was going to go to Florida, and I flipped and went to Virginia. So this game means a lot to me because these were the two schools that I was very fond of and definitely made the best choice of my life by 
being a Cavalier Wahoo for life and uh, definitely going to get this 10 win, man. I remember being on the verge of almost having a 10 win season in 98 and, and, and coming up short. And I think this Wahoo team could definitely do it and they could definitely earn it. It's earned, not given. And what better way of getting your 10th victory than versus another SEC team, but the mighty University of Florida Gators, a, a team that's that's legit. And um, they already got 10 wins and number nine in the country. So let's go ahead and get this win, Wahoos. Until next time, man, you know the motto, good is the enemy of great. Be great in everything that you do. Make sure you subscribe to the bo- the podcast on every platform that's available. And I uh, salute to everybody that's been supporting from day one. All the new subscribers, man, definitely appreciate the love. If you want to support the podcast, there is a button on anchor.com that allows you to support the, the podcast. You could donate monthly as for as little as $1.99. Every little bit helps, man. Definitely appreciate y'all. I'm out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.